Hello, and welcome to So You Want to Be a Reporter. I'm Carol Marine. Recently, the DePaul Center for Journalism, Integrity, and Excellence honored two outstanding reporters at our annual awards ceremony. And what they had to say illuminates what we believe and what we strive for in the world of journalism. Ron Majors sat next to me on the anchor desk at NBC5 in Chicago for more than a dozen years before moving on to ABC7 for the final 18 years of his remarkable career. He retired in 2016 after more than half a century as a reporter and anchor, and he is the Center's 2021 recipient of the Distinguished Journalist Award. Jeremy Gorner, meanwhile, covers police and crime for the Chicago Tribune and has since 2006. Before his name became a regular on the Tribune's front page, Gorner was a student at DePaul, where he saw his name in print in the student newspaper. Now he is this year's distinguished alumnus. Like past awardees, Lester Holt, Jane Pauley, and Dean Baquet, both Ron and Jeremy talked about many of the real issues facing journalists today and offered great advice for those looking to follow in their footsteps. It is our greatest honor to honor you as our distinguished journalist of 2021. You truly are the gold standard. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Don, and thank you to the center for all of the great work you do for students. I must tell you that when one reaches a certain age, it is tempting and among one's peers even encouraged to look back at the good old days. Well, trust me, yearning for the good old days is often yearning for a version of them that never was. I'm more interested in the journalism students here at DePaul and around the country who are looking forward to the good new days. I'm impressed that you students would choose journalism in a time when the media landscape is shifting as if an earthquake is underway. Now that landscape has always been shifting, but in the good old days, it happened much slower. It took the telephone 75 years to reach 50 million users. It was 38 years for radio to reach 50 million. 13 years for television, and then the internet, four years. Oh, 19 days to reach 50 million for Pokemon Go, and, and, and that record has been eclipsed several times since. The point is, I don't know what's next for you and neither do you, but you are willing to jump into the deep end and hope you can swim. And I hope you will swim well because there is work to be done. Whatever medium is available to you in your good new days, society has a need to know about the world around us and the issues that confront us. And whatever the medium, the basic tools will be the same, integrity and truth. Integrity in the way you conduct yourself, professionally and personally, because you cannot hold others to a standard you don't yourself meet. A lack of integrity will be revealed and will cost you dearly you will lose trust. And that's the calling card of every good reporter. Sources must trust you. People from whom you seek basic information must trust you. Your colleagues must trust you. And in my experience, they will be very good judges of integrity. And when you use that integrity in the search of truth, 
you'll find it comes in many flavors because truth like beauty is in the eye of the beholder and is too often complicated. For years, I've used the example of reporting on something simple like the new contract between a school district and teachers. Here's how it would go. School will start on time this fall as teachers in the district reached a contract agreement last night. Teachers will get a 2% raise every year over the next three and taxes on a home valued at $250,000 will go up $150 a year. Pretty simple. Until you get a call from a teacher who says, look Ron, that 2% raise may not even keep up with inflation, but more importantly, it shows that society still undervalues teachers and you miss the whole point. And the school board member calls after the newscast and says, you know, I think you missed the point here. Teachers wanted 6%. We can't afford anything near that. We acted responsibility. We did our hard job. You gave us no credit. And a homeowner calls and says, yeah, 150 bucks a year for schools. What about the water district, the sewer district, the mosquito district? Our taxes are going up. We're getting killed. You missed the whole point and never said a word. Now, every one of them has their own version of the truth, their own viewer bias, if you will. And that is the reaction we once would get. But these days, some will now call you fake news and say you never get it right. Well, here, even the good old days can provide a little background. President Richard Nixon actually had an enemies list in his desk drawer, and it was mostly members of the media. His vice president, Spiro Agnew, went after the media calling us, quote, the nattering nabobs of negativism. Now, Agnew regularly read a publication called the Reader's Digest, and he loved their feature titled, Increase Your Word Power. He apparently never learned the words kickbacks or tax evasion. <laughs> Those led him to entering a plea of no contest and resigning from office in scandal. I mention this because some of you may have thought that focused attacks on the media are new. They are not. Although Donald Trump lifted the art form to a new level, apparently without ever concerning himself with integrity or truth. But I believe integrity and truth will win out. In fact, I know it. I've seen it happen. In the 1960s, during the presidential terms of Lyndon Johnson and Richard Nixon, one Democrat, one Republican, Young Americans erupted in open rebellion against the Vietnam War. No generation of American parents had ever seen this happen before. Their children were rebelling against the war and against many of existing social norms. Those young people said they didn't trust anybody over 30. They marched in the streets and for the first time ever in huge numbers opposed an American military operation. They tried to shut down draft centers. They said flatly, America was wrong. The responses included things like America, love it or leave it, just get out of here. In some circles, it was viewed as treason to oppose any American policy in this way. At Kent State University, four students at a peace rally on campus were shot to death by the Ohio National Guard. As it is now, Journalism was reviled by some for even reporting on and showing the protests and giving those people any attention at all. You heard any of that lately? If media would just ignore it, it would go away. Well, we didn't ignore it. What America did not know in those 1960s moments 
whether the very fabric of our society would hold together. Our current issues and division feel to me very much like that time. The fabric of society survived then and it will again. But in my view, only if enough journalists practice integrity and truth. And I trust that you will. Can I start with this, Ron? You've been off the news stage for five years and perhaps that's given you some time to reflect on the state of news in America today. What is the state of news in America today? Well, it's clearly under attack and Americans are choosing too often to listen only to those opinions with which they agree. You know, cable talkers at night make a living in every political spectrum by telling those people who probably already agree with them what they tuned in to hear. The, the greatest concern for me is the attack on truth itself. Uh, the Washington Post has done an outstanding job of even writing a book about the liberties that Donald Trump took with truth during his term in office. And it frightens me that those liberties, which total 30,000 statements of misinformation or outright lies seem perfectly acceptable to 40, 74 million Americans. That scares me. Uh, we've had other politicians, we expect politicians to spin. We expect politicians to present things in the, in the most favorable light. And sometimes they even lie, but we report on lies. I've never seen the media so overwhelmed with misinformation that they couldn't spend each day correcting it. it, it we just came to accept it. We let it go on. We, we, we just, it, it seemed that it, 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 it took the media literally by storm and we paid a terrible price for it. Problem is, I, I, don't, ha I don't have any answers. I, I'd like to think we could still have a polite political discourse in America, but we seem to be at a point where you have to choose a side and you have to hate the other side. And that, frankly, frightens me greatly. So you were in the business for 51 years. How did you survive the stress and maintain mental health? A lot of our students are really worried about if they can find a, a balance, how did you do it? Or did you do it? I'm, la I'm, I'm laughing because I always had a, every year when I had my annual physical, I had a kind of a flippant moment with my physician because this is the answer I gave him 30 years ago. And he liked it so much, he asked me the same question every year at my physical. He'd say, you work in a high stress job. And I'd say, that's what they tell me. He said, why is there no, no sign of that in your physical workup, any of your tests? and excuse me for saying it, but I said to him, you know, maybe it just means that I really don't give a shit. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that was the case, but uh, I, I learned early on and what I say to young people going into the business is, and thankfully I got this advice in high school when I was working in radio, always be yourself. You're gonna meet any number of people along the way who are gonna to try to make you something else. You can be a different kind of reporter. You can be a different kind of writer. You can be a different kind of anchor, but in there somewhere is the essence of yourself. And if you don't hold the essence of yourself, 
and you try to become all those other things that other people want you to be, you will eventually, I fear, find out that you don't know yourself anymore and you don't know any of those other people that you tried to be. Uh, and the other thing is, uh, I think to survive in the news business, you have to have some level of confidence that I have learned to do the job and I can do the job and I can do it well if I pay attention to it. And if the people I'm working for now don't like it, I can only hope somebody else will. Uh, but I think that essential level of confidence is, is, is necessary. Well, and when it came to be at NBC5 in the previous administration, that decided that the news was going to take a more radical turn, you did decide that it was time for somebody else to do it, right? That was a hard decision when Jerry Springer came along, wasn't it? It was. And, and I had a great advantage that I have talked about before in that I had a co-anchor who I knew shared my values. And for that, I am extremely grateful to you, Carol, because I don't know about you, but I, I really doubt that I could have gone through that alone. I don't even want to guess how I might have reacted if I had been forced to go through that alone. But being able to be with you and know that I could say to them, if you think putting Jerry Springer on a newscast as a social commentator is a good idea, then you need to get somebody else to do this job. And to have you standing there to say that with me made it possible. Jeremy Gorner. The front page of the Chicago Tribune with regularity carries his byline. Jeremy has established himself as one of the city's best on a beat, police and crime, that is one of Chicago's most crucial and intense. Whether it's reporting on police-involved shootings or a scandal involving the city's top cop or the heroics of officers on the beat, he writes without fear or favor. And he offers some great advice for those hoping to follow in his footsteps. Hi, everybody. Yeah, I was really flattered that Carol and Don and everyone else here thought enough of me for this award. Um, so thank you very much for that. Not used to this sort of thing. But it really does mean a lot considering how difficult this job is. When I started at DePaul, I really didn't know what I wanted to do after college. My father was a reporter. Uh, but at the time, I wasn't sold on becoming one myself. It wasn't until my senior year when I started writing for the DePaulia that I remember thinking it'd be kind of cool to actually, you know, get paid to do this work. I mean, I really had a blast writing for the paper. And the moment I saw my name in print for the first time, I was just hooked. And um, when, I, when I first got to the Tribune, my goal was really to just see how long I could survive there because I was just in absolute awe of the talent around me. I mean, it was just unmatchable. And, uh, the, and it's the same as covering the police beat. I, I just wanted to do it long enough to say that I survived doing it. It's, a, it's an enormously difficult beat. It consumes your life. But in terms of actual life experience, it, it's really been extremely rewarding. You know, I'm, and this is obviously for everything I'm about to say is really for all the students in the room. You know, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a professor or anything close to that by any means. I can only imagine how difficult a job that is 
especially to actually have to click with your students, inspire young minds to do something good in this world. I can only imagine that's no easy task. But, you know, I've spoken to several journalism classes over the years, DePaul, and, and I'm not just saying this because it's an award ceremony and I'm being watched by a number of people right now, you know, even though it's a virtual group. But I can honestly say that every class I've spoken to has been really engaged, inquisitive, just really just seemed eager to get into this profession. And, you know, whether that's, that's news reporting, whether it's photography, whether it's videography, you know, running a website, working in TV and radio, you know, um, social media engagement, whatever. I mean, you know, every class has been, the students have just been so engaged, so ambitious that they really are eager to get out there and do this work. And, you know, my takeaway from the students I spoke to at DePaul over the years is that they, they really want to have a future in this business and change it for the better. As journalists, none of us are perfect. We could always use a fresh pair of eyes, a fresh perspective in covering the stories that we cover, um, myself included. And to address that, I'm sure the elephant in the room to many of you is that it's no secret that news organizations across this country are hurting financially. And they were hurting even before the pandemic. There is indeed a lot of uncertainty for the future of this profession. Nobody knows what's going to happen in this, to news in this country in the next five years. No one does. There's a lot of cynics who think they have all the answers, but they don't know either. The, the future is truly unknown. That is why I think we are in a moment of great opportunity for aspiring journalists. There's a lot of skepticism and distrust in the media in this country nowadays. Many people believe in the facts that they want to believe in, no matter how irrational one side may sound over the other. I truly think everyone in this room wants to do this, who wants to do this for a living, what a great way to make a difference in this life. What a, what a great way in many respects to do something for your country. Uh, as reporters were under siege by swaths of people out there who deliberately spread misinformation, and that is something that is beyond dangerous in any society, especially one with a free press. Uh, you have an opportunity to combat that, fighting the good fight, as they say, against all the evil nonsense. You're all very dedicated people. You wouldn't be here otherwise. And I, I think if you truly want to make your mark in this world, all to make the world a better place, this is the perfect profession for it. Don't be discouraged by all the negativity out there, okay? I really mean that. Stay off Twitter as much as possible, unless that's your thing. There's people who are very good at it. I'm not. Um, but seriously, this profession needs people like you. And, and I promise that if you show that same kind of dedication to the craft, like the eagerness you're showing now, you will not be disappointed. Jeremy Gorner really are two of the best journalists to ever work in Chicago. If you want to hear more from this year's winners, look out for the next episode of So You Want to Be a Reporter as they give advice on starting a career in journalism. Special thanks to Max Duggan for creating the music for our podcast, which is produced by Lacey Latch. If you have a topic you want us to talk about, email us at c-m-a-r-i-n at depaul.edu. That's c-m-a-r-i-n at d-e-p-a-u-l dot e-d-u. Until next time, stay safe and healthy. And thank you for listening. I'm Carol Marine.